Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. This is your host, of course, Mike Abadir. And today is Thursday, August 11th in the year 2022. And what that means is that we're drawing ever so closer to the start of the NFL season. So a lot of excitement in the air about that. And obviously we're in full stride in baseball. And so I want to start with the boys of summer, talk some baseball with you. The big splash last week, of course, was at the trade deadline, Juan Soto being shipped to the Padres, along with Josh Bell and Brandon Drury. And what was the immediate aftermath? An ass whooping to their older stepbrother up I-5. The Los Angeles Dodgers handed it to them in a big, big way. So what 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 does the crystal ball tell me well let's look at the standings right now if you could believe this and the dodgers right now are playing some ridiculously good baseball in fact they've actually well overtaken the yankees in terms of having the best record in baseball so have the mets by the way and so have the astros if you could believe this the yankees are in fourth out of the big four in terms of standings, who would have thunk that just maybe uh, 10 days ago or so, but they're not playing some very good baseball right now. The Dodgers are playing really well. The Mets are playing really well. The Astros are playing, you know, decent baseball right now. They're you know right around five and five in the last 10, but overall they're really showing their dominance. Uh, but going back to the NL West for a moment, if you could believe this, the Padres who, as I mentioned, are in playoff position right now, they are 16 games behind the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah, you heard that right. 16, 1-6. They're in second place in playoff position, 16 games behind the division-leading Los Angeles Dodgers, who are winners of 10 in a row. The Padres, they couldn't score, believe it or not, in their series, their weekend series against the Dodgers. That was going to be the opportunity for them to show off their shiny new toys, their new acquisitions. And uh, my goodness, they got it handed to them. They were not able to get any kind of offensive traction going at all in that series against the Dodgers. It didn't matter which pitcher the Dodgers threw out there. Uh, Gonsolin obviously has been really consistent, and so has Anderson. Urias has been fantastic. Look, the Dodgers are doing this right now without their, you know, historically speaking or recent history speaking, their two best pitchers in Clayton Kershaw and Walker Bueller. So what they're doing right now is nothing short of absolutely remarkable. We're starting to see some signs of life from Max Muncie and his bat starting to get it going a little bit. And I said this probably, I don't know, half dozen times over the last two months. You know, if, if they get some hitting going from – Justin Turner and Max Muncie, look out. The Dodgers are going to be really, really tough to stop come November. Uh, come November. Come uh, Well, I guess the World Series now is played in November, but come October um, before we even get to that World Series. Um, going over to the NL East, the Mets had a really big lead mid-year. 
And then the Braves went on a ridiculous run. I think they went 13 or 14 in a row. And at one point in time, they actually shrunk the Mets' lead down to a half game. But the Mets have really turned it up. They've gotten back Jacob deGrom. About a month before that, they got Scherzer back. So they're getting healthier. And in their weekend series against the Braves, they made it very clear that the Mets are the superior team this year and that they're there to stay. And that shrunken down lead, which was down to a half game, like I said, is now back all the way up to seven games. So I'm not going to say that the Braves are completely out of reach for the division because there's still some time. The Dodgers, obviously, they've got that division locked up. They're up by 16. That isn't going to change. The Mets, seven above the Braves. And then the next competitor would be the Phillies at 10.5. They're 10.5 out, but they're playing some pretty good baseball right now. They're winners of eight out of their last 10. When you look at the Central, that's a two-horse race. There's really only two horses that can uh, win that division, and those are the St. Louis Cardinals and the Milwaukee Brewers. Cardinals are hot. They've also won eight out of their last 10 games. The Brewers have dropped six out of their last 10 games. So they find themselves within a half game of one another. At the present moment, the Cards have a half game lead over the Brew Crew. So it looks like that is a division that's going to go down to the wire. In the American League, talked about the Astros already a little bit. They're getting pitching, and they're getting really good pitching from Verlander, from Valdez, from Christian. Uh, Javier Christian, their rotation to me is better than the Yankees. And the, the trade that they got from the Red Sox for Christian Vasquez was, I think, the icing on the cake for them. By the way, I didn't mention Jose Urquidy, who is pitching really, really well right now. Um, their setup man, Rafael Montero, might be the best setup man in the game. Closer, Ryan Presley. I trust him anytime in the ninth inning. Their their lineup has been raking. Um, this team looks like, to me, the team to beat in the American League. The move that they made for Trey Mancini has panned out pretty well. He's been hitting the ball lights out since he arrived in uh, Houston. Um, no, no surprise there that a guy who is a vet who's had a nice career, who's overcome obstacles and cancer and playing for the Baltimore Orioles, uh, that he seizes the opportunity to finally be on a playoff contender. And it looks like he's having a lot of fun there in Houston. Um, their lead against uh, uh, the Seattle Mariners is at 11 games. Mariners are playing some pretty good ball. But to me, I don't think it's possible for them to overtake the Astros the Strohs, they've got it going. Dusty Baker, most underrated manager in baseball history. Looks like he's going to be winning the division once again. The Central is the only division, just like in the National League, the American League Central is the only division that has three horses in the race, three competitors, three teams who are within three and a half games of each other, but the surprise to me is that the Cleveland Guardians are number one. Francona, once again, showing why he's a very underappreciated manager. He's probably one of the you know, best in the game, if you ask me. 
Guardians are winners of five in a row, seven out of their last 10. They're a 500 team on the road, and they've got a good home record. Anytime you can win more games on the road or at least not lose when you're playing away from home, you're going to have a good chance, and that's exactly what they're doing. They have the highest uh, hit rate in, in the league. They get a lot of singles. They move runners over. This is a very sound team, and obviously with the big bat in the middle there, uh, the one of the more underappreciated players in the league. You guys all know who I'm talking about because he is Mr. Consistent. He's the guy that even when there's not a lot of protection in the order, Jose Ramirez rakes. The rest of that lineup, you know, is maybe above average. Josh Naylor, Andres Jimenez, probably one of the better, more underappreciated second baseman in the league. Ahmed Rosario, Stephen Kwan, Miles Straw, Oscar Gonzalez. Not a lot of household names. But they're finding ways to win. They're getting some pretty good pitching at the top from their ace, Shane Bieber. Tristan McKenzie is maybe putting himself in a position to be in discussion for being a top 10 pitcher in the American League. Zach Plesek has had some road bumps. Same with uh, Aaron Savelle and Cal Quantrill. That's who rounds up the rotation, but they got light out, lights out closer and Emmanuel Klaus. It's a team that could do it. They could, they could win that division. The team that had the lead for most of the year was the Minnesota Twins. That was actually the team that I predicted would be my long shot team. They've hit some road bumps. Um, and, and the White Sox, the, the most underperforming team in baseball this year so far, uh, they're still in, in, in this, in this uh, battle for the Central. But they're, they're 56 and 56. They're 500 team right now. They've actually won four more games on the road than they have at home. So if they could write, you know, correct that, write the ship, and um, you know, do what they're supposed to do in their home games, then they still got a shot. But you know, I I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why the White Sox have underperformed the way that they have. But they should be thankful that even though they've played really really piss poor baseball for much of the year, that they're still in a position to win this thing. And it's always harder when you've got two teams ahead of you, but that's what September's for because you get to face your division rivals a bunch of times. So they're They still got a lot of games against the twins. They still have a lot of games to guard against the guardians. So to that extent, they probably to some degree uh, control their own destiny, but they're going to have to get it going. Time is running out, shifting over to the American league East best division in baseball by far, hands down the, the surprise team, obviously, is the Orioles. Uh, my beloved Red Sox have been a dumpster fire. They've played some absolutely terrible baseball. They've dropped four in a row. Um, they had the big letdown news that Chris Sale uh, has another injury. He had a biking accident. And so he's going to be out for the year. He should be healthy enough to start fresh again with spring training next year. So it's not something that's going to be a long-term lingering thing. But Chris Sale is done. Shut him down. He's not pitching again for the Boston Red Sox in 2022. But at the top, the Yankees. Now, the Yankees have hit a their worst stretch of baseball all year. They're 2-8 and eight in the last 10. Now, I did predict that the Yankees at some point would come down to earth. But they've come down to earth kind of hard lately. Now, I'm not saying that it's uh, time to hit the panic button or anything like that because they still 
have you know a ridiculously talented lineup led by Aaron Judge of course Stanton's been banged up a little bit but when uh, when they get their lineup healthy you know they could outscore anybody they've scored the most runs in all of baseball um the only team that's even close is the Dodgers but they're not they're not pitching that well uh and they're they're hitting his their bats have gone cold now they've been on a long west coast road trip we'll see if they get healthy against uh against my red Sox. they're playing them uh in a four game series starting tomorrow and so um you know that will probably be uh you know, either one of two things is going to happen. It's either going to be a stick of fork in the Red Sox. They're done for the year, which they're probably done anyways. But because it's my favorite team, I'm not going to completely bury them yet. Um, because with uh, their lineup and, you know, a very good manager in Cora, you know, they're one of those teams until they're mathematically eliminated. They could find, uh, you know, lightning in the bottle, as they say. They did it before when everybody thought that they were done. When they started off the year, what was it, like 10 and 20 or something pretty close to that? And then they uh, got themselves right back in the thick of things. Well, they're going to have to do that and they're going to have to start ASAP if they're going to want to make a run for a uh, that final wild card spot in the American League. They got a lot of teams ahead of them, though. So that's, that's going to be a, a tough task for them. But uh, so they got the Red Sox in Boston, three games. Then they got Tampa for three more. And then the Blue Jays for four. And then the Mets for two. So the Yankees have a tough stretch coming up here. We're going to find out a lot more about the New York Yankees and how legitimate they are as a playoff, not just a playoff contender, but to make a serious run at a World Series title. You know, call me a hater. I probably am, but I'm not buying it. I still think that they've got some holes that they were not able to fully address, even with the acquisition of Montas. Um, I still think that the, that rotation come October, I think they get outdone by the Astros. I really do. I'll take Verlander, Valdez, Louis Garcia, Christian Javier, Jose or Quidi over Garrett Cole and company. Now, the Yankees' strength is the back end of their bullpen, but they took a pretty big hit. Didn't get a lot of coverage necessarily, um, but, you know, when when they lost guys uh, like, is it, his name is Michael King, I believe, Um He's much better than than my memory of his name would suggest. Um, but they've taken some some pretty big hits in their bullpen. And I think we're now starting to see that uh, even the acquisitions of Louis Trevino from the A's or Lou Trevino from the A's and Scott Efros from the Cubs. Um, I think that they're still going to be having a tough time in the playoffs unless their starting pitchers can go deep. So what do you guys think of this starting rotation for the Yankees right now? Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, who's been phenomenal, Frankie Montas, who they just acquired from the A's, as I mentioned, Jamison Tyon, and Domingo Herman. Yeah, give me give me the Astros any day of the week. 
to match up with those guys that I just mentioned there. Even even the Yankees lineup, in my opinion, even though they've scored a lot of runs, are they a playoff lineup? I don't know. I don't know. Anthony Rizzo, DJ LeMahieu, Josh Donaldson, Isaac Kiner-Falefa, Andrew Benatendi. They picked up Harrison Bader and then Judge and Stanton. They lost Matt Carpenter. He was a guy that was a huge, huge lift for their lineup, but he's out now for probably six weeks or so. So really, it's going to be on Judge and Stanton to carry the load. Stanton's on the I.L., um, even their acquisition, Harrison Bader is on the IL. So they're going to have to have guys like Labor Torres and Aaron Hicks pick up the slack because right now they're very thin in terms of depth with their, with that lineup, which has been killing teams and crushing teams all year long. So that's a quick wrap-up on the Major League Baseball scene. We'll dig into it a little bit deeper but for now, that's my impression of the 2022 season through 112 games-ish, 110 games-ish thus far. Good time to take a quick commercial timeout. We'll come back, talk more about baseball, the NFL training camp, and much more right after this. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Inglehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the Mike Abadir Show. I am your host, Mike Abadir, of course, talking baseball, breaking down the standings as we see it with about uh, 50-ish games to go. Still a lot of time, but time's running out for some teams. Do you guys think that anybody outside of the big four right now, which are the Dodgers, Mets, Astros, and the Yankees, have a legitimate shot? At winning a World Series title, and who would they be? Now, some of the teams that are involved in the wild card mix are the Blue Jays, the Rays, and the Orioles. And of course, because Cleveland has the lead in their division, the Twins and the White Sox are also wild card contenders in the Central. And out in the West, the Seattle Mariners are. So outside of the Yankees, Guardians, and Astros, we're looking at the Blue Jays, the Rays, the Orioles, the Twins, White Sox, and the Mariners. Six teams that are going to be vying for three spots. Now, do any of those teams have what it takes to win a World Series? I'm going to tell you, one does. I think the other teams make for a good story. Seattle has had the longest playoff drought of any of the four major sports. It's been a long time. They're going on 20 years plus since they've been in the playoffs. So it'll be cool to see them get a spot. But I don't think that they're World Series material. There may be a player or two away. They're young. They've got a lot of a lot to be excited about and hopeful about in the future. But I don't think they're going to be winning the 2022 World Series. The White Sox, hard to see them. You know, out of the teams I mentioned, they're the only ones that are smack dab right at 500. Um, The Twins, they have rotational deficiency issues. So I think they're uh, a pitcher or two away from having a really, really strong claim. The Orioles, a great story, but they're not going to win the World Series this year. The Rays, unbelievable job that they've done to even be in playoff contention. They've had the most injuries of any team in baseball, but they still keep winning they still keep finding ways to win but the one team that i think could make some noise is the blue jays and i'm going to tell you why it's because of the covid vaccine now what the hell does the covid vaccine have with being a a world series contender well i'll tell you what it has so canada where toronto is located they have a vaccine mandate and it requires that anybody coming from any nation into Canada is vaccinated. So you now have a situation where any teams that meet up against the Blue Jays in the playoffs are going to be without any of their players that are unvaccinated. And believe me when I tell you, every single roster has several guys that did not choose to get the vaccine. So you're going to have teams that are going to be shorthanded going into Toronto. Advantage Toronto for every single home game that they've got in the playoffs. Because they're going to be playing with their full roster against teams 
where when you need every single last player to be able to advance in a playoff series, they're going to have teams that are going to be without three, four, five, six guys. Some of these guys are key players too. You know, we're not talking necessarily just the backup utility guy, you know, or some middle reliever that doesn't pitch in high leverage situations. You know, we're talking about some star players. So that's the situation for Toronto playoff baseball come October. They're going to have the advantage in every single series where they get home games. Which basically means that they have to steal one on the road and then and then play against a shorthanded team. Sounds pretty unfair if you ask me. So that's my take on the American League. How about the National League? Does anybody have what it takes beyond the Mets and the Dodgers to make a run and in the National League to win the pennant? Now, I think when you're talking about going up against Scherzer and DeGrom, right away, the Mets become the favorite, in my opinion, to get to the World Series. I think even if the Dodgers get back Clayton Kershaw and Mar- and Walker Buehler at full strength, I'll take Scherzer and DeGrom over any pair of aces that you could find in the National League and any roster. So to me, the Mets are, in my opinion, the team that's the most dangerous. They made some nice moves in terms of their their uh, trade deadline pickups. They weren't super splashy names, you know, but they got like, uh, uh, you know, guys like Tyler Naquin from, from Cincinnati. You know, all he's done is hit three home runs since, since he's arrived in New York. Not bad for, uh, for a guy who's just coming in to bring in some depth. Uh, in fact, he's starting some games as well. They also got themselves two hitters that are very underrated in Daniel Vogelbach and Darren Ruff from the Giants. These guys could come in and give you really high quality at bats. So now the, that just complements a lineup featuring Pete Alonzo and Jeff McNeil and Starling Marte and Francisco Lindor. Luis Guillorme's very underrated. James McCann can rake from that catcher's position. Brandon Nimmo is always giving you quality at bats. Same with Mark Canna, who they got last year from the A's. He's done a fine job. You know, Jeff McNeil, he's been ripping a 400, 417 hit clip, I think, over the last three weeks or so. They did a lot to bolster their bullpen. Edwin Diaz is maybe the hottest closer in baseball going right now. Um, and the rest of the rotation with Chris Bassett and Carlos Carrasco, Taiwan Walker. Formidable, form- formidable from an uh, offensive hitting perspective as well as from their pitching. So they're the team that's got, in my opinion, the best chances to be able to make a deep run in October. So Mets, Dodgers, likely division winners, Central, as I mentioned earlier, you're talking about the Cardinals and the Brewers. So what does that leave us with? Who are the playoff contenders outside of the division winners? Atlanta Braves, last year's World Series champions, the Philadelphia Phillies. They're playing their best baseball of the year right now. Whoever doesn't win the division between Milwaukee and St. Louis, 
and then the San Diego Padres. I think the San Francisco Giants are a little bit out of reach. They've hit uh, a wall, and so they're they're likely out of it. So whereas we had six teams in the American League vying for three wildcard spots, in the National League, we've got the Braves and the Phillies, the Brewers as of right now, or it will be the Cardinals and the Padres. So four teams vying for three spots. So odds are, if you're a fan of one of those four teams, your chances are good. They're going to get to the playoffs. Uh, if I were to make a prediction, I would say it's probably going to be the Braves and, and not the Phillies. Um, and then either the Brewers or the Cardinals and then the Padres. Those are your likely three teams that are going to be representing the National League in the wildcard spots. Now, do any of those teams have a roster constructed as of right now to be a World Series champion? I'm going to say the Braves, yes. They have the crown until another team wins it. There's no reason to believe that they can't do it again. And they've called up some really, really exciting young ballplayers, by the way. Uh, yesterday, a player uh, was just called up 20 years old. You should probably get to know his name because he is super exciting and is the first player in 1900, since the year 1900, which, according to my math, is 122 years to have a first game like Von Grissom had. We had a home run. He went two for four with a home run, two runs, two RBIs, and a stolen base at 20 years old. So let me rephrase that. Nobody that's 20 years old has had as good of a first game in the majors since the year 1900. The other rookie that's been fantastic is Michael Harris III. This guy is super exciting. He's going to be a 30-30 player. He hits for average. Um, he was a mid-year call-up, but he, he's batting uh, right around 290-ish uh, with 10 home runs, 12 steals. He's driving in runs. He's getting on base. He's scoring runs. Super, super exciting ball player. Um very bullish on him and some of these young players that the Braves are, are calling up. And that is to complement what already is a World Series championship roster. Um, I think their rotation uh, is experienced, you know, with Freed and, and Morton and Wright. Their bullpen, rock solid. There's not a lot of holes for the Atlanta Braves, so they're a definite contender. The Phillies, they're playing their best baseball, as I mentioned earlier. But I think they've got a big hole, which is their defensive play. They're the worst defensive team from all metrics on the fielding side out of the playoff contenders. They're by far the worst. The Brew Crew. Now, did they give up Josh Hader at the right time? It seems like he's kind of imploding a little bit. The Giants have definitely owned him. Um uh, but they, so, but, but they got rid of basically their best player. Um, you know, but hey, with, with Council, you can never, ever rule this team out. I, I think the Cardinals have more umph to them out of that division than the Brewers do to be able to make a, a World Series type of run. I think they've got a better lineup. Um, and their, their pitching staff is, is not as good, in my opinion, especially at the top there. 
uh, the Brew Crew, in terms of a one-two punch, they maybe have the second best one-two punch behind the Mets with Scherzer and DeGrom. Uh, with all due respect, of course, to the Dodgers, because we just don't know who their top two are going to be right now. But Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, two of the best pitchers, got the reigning National League Cy Young Award winner. Brandon Woodruff has been lights out, dynamite. Their closer, Devin Williams, is a, uh, he was a rookie of the year the other year, and he's doing it once again. You know, their lineup is decent. You know, Rowdy Telez and Colton Wong, William Adamas, Christine Yelich, Tyrone Taylor, Hunter Renfro, Andrew McCutcheon. They've got some names. They could score some runs. Um, do they have enough? I don't think so. So who does that leave us with? The Padres. I think the Padres have to be respected because of the players that they've got. And keep in mind something. They still haven't played a single game with maybe the league's best player in Fernando Tatis Jr. He's coming back. He's starting to hit really well in the minors on his rehab assignment. So he's going to be back up with the team pretty soon. And when that happens, that lineup is going to be scary, folks. With Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., not going to find a better threesome, three-headed monster in the league. But it doesn't stop there. Josh Bell is an all-star. Jake Cronenworth. Jerickson Profar. Brandon Drury, who they just got. Will Myers. Trent Grisham. I could go on and on. This team has a loaded lineup. And their pitching staff is no slouch either. I mean, their top two guys, Joe Musgrove and Yu Darvish, they can deliver in postseason, like any of the other teams with two-headed monsters. So, yes, I think the Padres have an absolute legitimate chance, which is crazy to think about when you're talking about a team that's 16 games out. But I think they've got what it takes to be able to make a run for the World Series. So, in my opinion, if I were to rank the teams who have the best shot in the National League, I would go Mets, Dodgers, and then Padres. I think those are the only three teams. Let me rephrase it. I think one of those three teams will represent the National League in the World Series this year. The Mets, the Dodgers, the Padres. Tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if you think I'm leaving somebody out. Tweet me, at Mike Abadir. Like, love to hear from you. So that's, that's a wrap on, on Major League Baseball for today. And we'll talk a lot more next week. Beautiful thing about baseball is every single week, a lot happens. It's like the NFL, week by week, right? Every 10 games in baseball is equivalent of one game in the NFL. And we see how much can change from week-to-week basis in the National Football League. Same thing with baseball, if you look at it from a weekly perspective. So my opinions could change. But I think for right now, I'm pretty much set on uh, on the way this is going to turn out. And the way it's going to turn out is going to be a really, really exciting October. I think there's some really good, compelling storylines with every team. Every team has a different skill set. 
um, and 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 strengths and weaknesses. The, I'm more excited. I've never been this excited about a postseason that did not involve my Boston Red Sox. Let's put it to you that way. That's how high I am on this year's baseball season and on the contenders and on what we can expect in the month of October. So I think this is a good time to take our second and final time out. We'll come back. We'll talk some NFL training camp, talk about the Buccaneers, and uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of a preview as to how I feel about them for 2022. And then uh, we'll talk about another Florida team, the Miami Dolphins, with uh, Tua and company and all the weapons that they've surrounded him with. That's going to be my dark horse team. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a preview there. And we'll be talking a lot more, obviously, when we do our NFL uh, preview show, which is coming up pretty soon. We've got some nice surprises coming up in the weeks ahead. So definitely make sure that you're tuned in. We'll talk a lot of fantasy football. We'll talk some gambling, some wagering, some, some predictions, and a whole bunch more. Stay with us, everyone. We'll take our final time out. We'll come back with some NFL talk right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Final segment here on the Mike Abadir Show. As always, thank you for tuning in. Love to get some callers, by the way. Uh, we're obviously listened to more probably on the on-demand portion than the uh, live feed. 
but anybody that happens to be tuning in on the live show always can call in for free, talk about anything you want to talk about sports-wise or life or anything else. That number is one 472 Or tweet me at Mike Abadir. So let's talk some NFL. Spend a lot of time on baseball, a lot of excitement ramping up for football because we are going to have so much football talk. It's probably why I kind of dial it down just a little bit uh, as we start creating the buildup for the season because we're going to be talking a lot of football. For all you NFL fans out there, and I know that a big percentage of those who listen are NFL fans, tighten up your seatbelt because we're going to be going on a really fun ride over here. And by the way, as we're talking right now, the start of preseason games outside of the Hall of Fame game is underway. After one, the New England Patriots are up 7-3 to three against the New York Giants. And the Baltimore Ravens have the ball for the very first season of the 2022 campaign. So those are the, and they're playing the Tennessee Titans. So those are the games that we've got on tap for today. And then there's a whole slew of games tomorrow. How much do you guys pay attention to preseason? Are you more interested in just the what's going on in training camp in general? Or do you pay attention to the games? Are you that hardcore that you're not just watching the first series from the starters and then they get pulled and you're watching all the way to the end or not. Um, But we've got a slew of games coming up here, an intriguing one that I'm going to talk about a little bit, not necessarily the game itself, but the participants, Miami and Tampa. Now, from a point spread perspective, by the way, two things that jump out at me, very interesting even though it's in Tampa, the Miami Dolphins have been labeled one-point favorites. Now, I think a part of that might be uh, Brady not playing. But, again, the Dolphins one-point favorites in Tampa to open the preseason. I thought that was an interesting line. And then the other one is the over-under is set at 31. I believe that's the, the lowest over-under or the second lowest, actually, behind the Rams and the Chargers, whose over-under is a 30. So the odds makers are not at all envisioning that any of these backup units are going to be moving the ball very well. Those are some really, really low over-under lines. But I'm not going to talk too much about preseason point spreads. Uh, I would highly recommend they you save your money <laughs> for the regular season. But I want to talk about the Dolphins and the Bucks. Um the Dolphins have done a, a lot to put Tua in a position to succeed. Now, I'm not a big Tua fan. If you've been listening to the show for the last few years, I was not a fan of him as a draft pick. Uh, I like the kid. He seems like a good guy. I think he's more suited to be an NFL backup, like a good backup. You know, the kind of backup that you want. Um where if your starter gets hurt, you're not worried because you have somebody that could take the reins and move the ball and come out of the bullpen and bring you some success. Now, the guy who's done a good job of that, of that over the last couple of years has been Teddy Bridgewater. And he finds himself in the role of being to his backup right now. Now, 
if I'm going to tell you this, I'm going to make a prediction. If Tua Tagovailoa gets off to a poor start, we're going to hear calls for Teddy Ballgame to come in. And I think it'll be justified. Because the weapons that the Dolphins have surrounded Tua with are phenomenal. One of the best rookie wide receivers last year was Jalen Waddell. Now, they know each other from Alabama, so they should have a little bit of rapport going. And then they brought in Tyreek Hill, probably the fastest, if not one of the fastest receivers in the league. Cheetah brought him in from Kansas City, traded for him. So we're looking at, at, a, at a receiving core of Cheetah, Waddle. They brought in Mohamed Sanu. Eric Ezu Kanma. People have been raving about in training camp thus far. This is their fourth-round draft pick from Texas Tech. He is a fantasy football sleeper. This guy declared early for the draft. He came in, and he's been impressive. He's impressing head coach Mike Daniels quite a bit. And uh, it sounds like he's a very mature individual. It sounds like he was a that he made a good decision about coming out early from what we have seen so far. He's going to be lining up in the slot as he did over in Texas tech. And he, I think it may take him a few weeks to fully be integrated into the offense, especially because they also have Preston Williams and uh, Cedric Wilson and Mohamed Sanu, as I mentioned, and Trent Sheffield and Lynn Bowden, Jr. Braylon Sanders River Craft, uh, Craft, is that how to pronounce the last name? So they've got some guys there. Tight end, Mike Gusecki. Anybody uh, who's watched the Dolphins over the last few years knows he's a good receiving tight end. Um, but they're also very excited about uh, a youngster that they have named Durham Smythe. He looks like he could be a legit second tight end for this team. Uh, he's uh, a Notre Dame product. Dolphins drafted him a few years ago, and um, you know he had a, a nice season last year. It was a quietly nice season, and uh, I think he's only going to progress from there. So he's another fantasy football sleeper to consider. Durham Smythe, Miami Dolphins tight end. Listen to this running back core that they've got now, though. Now, keep in mind something. They don't have that one guy that's going to rush for 1,600 yards. That's not what they're looking to do. I'm envisioning more of a 49ers-like offense from the last few years where it's going to be the scheme. It's going to be the misdirection. It's going to be finding guys in open space. It's going to be creating open space. They're going to have a very, very different look this year than we've seen from any Miami Dolphins team ever. And the guys that they've chosen, the pieces that they've got to be able to pull this through, they got Chase Edmonds from 
Arizona. I love Chase Edmonds. Very underrated running back. He could do it all. He's got great hands. He's a, definitely a playmaker. He's got a nose for the end zone. I love this guy. And I think he's a very good acquisition. Raheem Mostert, who anybody that's followed the NFL over the last few years has probably just waited for him to emerge. He's got tons of upside. Tons of upside still to uh, tap into. I mean, he's not, he's not a young buck. Uh, so when I say upside, I'm just talking about, you know, a guy who could come in and maybe get you 750 yards on the ground, maybe score anywhere from, you know, five to eight touchdowns. He could be your, he could be your guy that you could trust to get you those three tough yards. I like Raheem Mostert pickup. Another veteran that they brought in is Sony Michelle. And they have Miles Gaskin, who really came out of nowhere a couple of years ago and was a legit offensive threat for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I really like Miles Gaskin. All four of these guys, like I said, none of these guys are going to be like Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry. None of them are going to be a 1,600-yard rushers or anything like that. But collectively as a group, I think these guys can make plays. I think they can move the ball. I think they are a great core for a team that's got the receiving weapons that they have. I think it's going to open things up. And speaking of Miles Gaskin, and he's a UW product, Washington, every single year he's gained more yards on the ground than the previous year. So he's going into his fourth year, and each and every year he's had more yards, uh, more receptions, more yards on the ground, more receptions. I think he's really hitting his stride right now. I love seeing that. I love seeing kind of like that trajectory. You know, so if he can if he can outgain his yardage total from last year, I think that'll be a very good sign for Miami. You know, Sony Michelle, he did it all for New England. Very underrated back, great team player. So this is a team that's got a lot of weapons for Tua, right? They've beefed up their offensive line. I think their offensive line um, should be able to give the uh, the young quarterback some protection. You know, they they shorted up with Taron Armstead and at the left tackle position. Uh, for him, he's a left-handed quarterback. So Austin Jackson is going to be the key guy for him. He's their right tackle. Uh, I think Connor Williams is a legit center, and uh, Eichenberg and Hunt. Uh, the guard positions, I think that's pretty solid. And that's to, um, that we haven't even talked about the defense, but I think the Dolphins have the personnel to have a top three defense in the AFC. So we haven't done our season preview yet, but I'm telling you, the Dolphins are going to be one of my surprise picks. They're going to be a team that I think can make some noise this year. Should be an exciting team. But like I said, if they get off to a slow start, which they very well could because they've got a very difficult early schedule, I would not be surprised if we see Teddy Bridgewater take the helm. I don't think that they would have a lost season if they do that. But I would pull the trigger early. They've got four tough games to start with. New England, Baltimore, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. So what has to happen for Teddy Bridgewater to come out of the bullpen and relieve Tua? 
I would say if they go one and three, oh and four, we're gonna see Teddy Bridgewater. If you see two and two, but it wasn't because of Tua, it was maybe a punt return, a defensive INT, pick six, something like that, that they were able to win those games. I think we might see Teddy Bridgewater as well. There's only one reason why you bring in a high-priced backup like that is because it's an insurance policy. And I think they've got a pretty good one. So we'll see what happens. After those first four games, though, it gets a lot easier. Get the Jets, Vikings, Steelers, Lions, Bears, Cleveland, and then the Texans. So that's the way the early season shapes up for the Miami Dolphins. Now, we don't have much time before we close. I did want to say something about the Buccaneers. Brady's taking some personal time. No problem there. He probably doesn't even need to play in a single preseason game. But I think the Bucs take a step back. I think the age finally catches up with Brady a little bit. I am not a huge Todd Bowles guy. I was talking with my cousin Will the other day, and uh, you know we were talking about the possibility of them not even winning that division. I think that's a very legitimate possibility. I do think that the Saints, if Jameis Winston performs at a high level, I think the Saints can be the division winner. They've got the maybe the best defense in all of football. And they still have Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. You know, they've got weapons on the offensive side. And keep in mind, Jameis Winston, he could throw. You know, he's a 4,000-yard passer, 30-touchdown thrower. You know, he, ha- he has a not, uh, kind of a, a label of being an INT guy. But I think if he can limit his INTs a little bit, I think that the Saints could be the team that uh, wins that division once again. Keep in mind something, folks. The Saints have really owned that division over the last decade. Right. It wasn't until the Bucks got Brady, and even then they didn't win the division. The Saints, uh, uh, well, yeah, the Saints, you know, they, they, you know, the story. They, they, they've really had the 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 Bucks number. Unfortunately, the games that the Bucks have done well has been in the uh, playoffs when it mattered the most against the Saints. But, anyways, just some teases for the next couple of uh, weeks of shows for the NFL stuff. That's all the time we have this week, folks. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you same time, same place. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.